true. <laughs> but it's a fault of the clock. <laughs> so they have synchronized it. Now I think it's okay. <laughs> uh, so we should be fine, I think, for the Dhamma talk. But I've, I've lost some time. So today I'm going to talk about freedom from anger and uh, other related uh, difficult emotions. So I think most of you, you know uh, how you feel when you have anger. <laughs> uh, if you don't know and you're planning to really uh, to be angry, <laughs> this talk maybe is useful for you. <laughs> So um, I start with uh, telling uh, what we are going to cover. One is we are going to discuss what's anger, what is the cause of anger, what's the solution, and the way to the solution. So that's the template, actually, that the Buddha used. There's a problem, there's a cause of problems. I mean, there's a, there's a cause always, actually. And then there's a solution, and there's a way to the solution. That's the template we are going to use. Just in case we get lost, just know that that's the template that we use. The Buddha used the same template, actually, for the for Noble Truth. The, the doctors use the same template. They, when you go to the doctor first, what's the problem? Then the doctor have to diagnose, find the cause of the problem, reassure you that you are going to be cured, and then give you a course of medicine, uh, take two tablets a day, and then uh, I think once you follow that, then you'll be fine. So, emotion is also interesting to really find out what's the origin of that word. It's come from French, emover, it's French word. And it means to stir up, to stir up, you know. And those who have experienced emotions, really, it's like something really stirring up in your head, you know. Something keep on stir, stirring up, you know, in your head. Anger, the Pali word is dosa, and there's patiga, the many other words, but uh, anger is actually a frustrated desire frustrated desire. Whenever there is a desire and it's frustrated, in other words, something gets in the way of your desire, then we feel aversion, we feel anger, we feel resentment. And I can relate this uh, to my experience myself. As I, I remember one time I was traveling to teach at Spirit Rock a few years ago. And we got lost as we were going to the airport. We got lost. By the time I reached the airport, just, it was just a few minutes before the flight takes off. And as you know, those who have been to Dallas Airport in Washington, D.C. is a busy airport. So you have to go through the customs. And definitely, I knew that I'm going to miss the flight. And you can't cut out corners. By then, I think this time you can get into the first lane, but those days there was no first lane. So, with my robes, <laughs> I call them robes, but I think they think like bed sheets. 
<laughs> bundled with <laughs> around bed sheets. So they looked at me and said, you must be carrying something, I think. So they say, can we check you? I said, of course, you can check. And then they say, male assist. There was no male assist. I looked around, there's no male to assist. <laughs> Meantime, I'm thinking about my flight. I'm going to miss my flight. That means I can't teach at Spirit Rock. And then finally he came and said, can I really touch you and pet you? I said, yes, yes, you can do it. It's all yours. Then he started <laughs> doing like this. I'm telling you, the strong emotion was coming because I knew I'm a monk and I don't have anything. And I knew he's not going to find anything. Nothing. <laughs> and I said, why bother? <laughs> well, let's make a deal here. I'm going to miss my flight. <laughs> it's my duty, he said. It's my duty. I said, okay. I said, I'm going to change my attitude here. As there was some kind of aversion starting arising, I said, let me change my attitude. So I decided to say, okay, that's a nice massage. As it was going through my body, <laughs> I said, what's a nice massage? And then when I laughed the way you laughed, actually, this, this emotion just evaporated. And then I thought he was just only doing like this. He said, okay, now I'm going to make you sit. And then he, I sat down, and he started doing the food like this. You know, I was in the socks. I said, wow, this is a wonderful ref reflexology. He laughed. <laughs> <laughs> he started doing like this. But actually, that's how I felt. <laughs> I trained into this reflexology in India, and I, I felt kind of good. And then, then after that, he said, okay, stand up. Then he started doing like this, stretch like this. And I remember when I was in primary school, we did gymnasium. I said, wow, this is gymnasium. And then he laughed. I said, thank you very, very much. And then I'm telling you, by the time I left, I said, okay, I don't care whether the flight, I missed the flight. <laughs> really, it, has, it had changed my emotion. So from that experience, I know for myself, actually, we have a choice to get angry. There's a choice. If, of course, sometimes there's no choice. As a, uh, it's a question of survival also. Because one time I was uh, at Bavana Society, and then a bear came. I'm telling you, I didn't know that it was a bear. I thought it was a big dog, actually. I, and then I thought, it's just coming. Uh, you know, like those dogs which are big with black hair? This was my first time to see a bear. So, but as it approached me, I knew that it was a bear. That time I had to do a lot of my loving kindness by running. That's my, that's, that's my loving kindness. <laughs> Likely, it was very close to my kuti, uh, my place of stay. And uh, I think that time we, we may not uh, actually stay there uh, and just wait the bear to sit on your lap because you're a good meditator, you shouldn't get angry, you shouldn't have a version. I think we have to use Buddha's teaching in a way that is very helpful, actually. So now, uh, anger, it's a mental state. Just remember, it's a mental state. It has nothing to do uh, with you personally. It's just any other mental state like, anger, like joy, and delight, and any other mental state. 
So now, the cause of anger, the Buddha said that it's paying unwise attention to the theme of irritation. So whenever you pay unwise attention to the theme of irritation, anger rises definitely. If you do the opposite and just uh, try to uh, pay wise attention to metta, loving kindness, then anger subsides. But we know for ourselves that's not what we do. Maybe when anger rises, we don't do that mostly. Most of the time, we don't pay wise attention. We just pay unwise attention and we just keep on thinking along those lines. Uh, thinking along those lines. We are going to see what we should do actually so that we actually sidestep. Um, I'm going to offer also some ideas that are read in uh, neuroscience by, I, I think it's called Rick Hansen about neuroscience. They, uh, he wrote a good book actually, uh, so the Buddha's brain. The, in that book you say that uh, really we live there in the wild, you know, with animals and the, the, const the constitution, those are my words, the constitution there, it was very simple. You, you eat or you are eaten. So now, growing up like that for many years, actually our mind, our brain is actually negative bias. So in a way, we are kind of traumatized by the past, really, all of us. It's because every time we have to do like this all the time, to check out for danger, <laughs> whether the lion is coming or not. Now there's no lions coming, at least here <laughs> in America. <laughs> Maybe mountain lion, I don't know. Bears, black bears. <laughs> but actually our default is actually aversion. That's the default of our mind. Now we can say, in that book says that our actually mind, brain, is negative bias, really negative bias. So since that's a default, so no wonder when there's any simple irritation, we get angry, actually, very fast like this. Even with a positive comment, let's say if I, I, I give a comment, wow, I really like your hairdo, you know. The, uh, maybe you say, okay, I like your hair. <laughs> Shaved hair. <laughs> I don't know whether you like, but uh, but that we can doubt easily. Oh, that's may not true. Maybe we may say, no, I maybe she he, not serious. Maybe we go in the mirror and check ourselves to really confirm whether it's really true or not. So even positive comments, we react. So in other words, always we are reacting all the time. So you know what's anger and the cause of anger. Of course, sometimes anger is really, there's no cause, actually. You cannot find any cause sometimes. It's just bad day, bad weather, <laughs> like this. It's just something pops up. Maybe there's a situation. But we may not pin down what's the cause of anger, but at least it will be very good to pin it down and find out the cause. Uh, it may be paying, paying anyone's attention to the theme of anger. Now, what's uh, the third is uh, freedom. Freedom. Freedom is possible. Freedom from anger, uh, I'm going to give anger as an example because most of the, um, some emotions actually come from anger, like sadness, um, and then, uh, 
remorse, guilt, self-guilt, all those are re related actually. So that will come in the Q&A in case you want to know specifically how to deal with those emotions. But I'll just concentrate on anger. So now freedom from anger is to have loving kindness all the time. And you can attain freedom of, of from anger when you attain the third level of enlightenment. The third level of enlightenment is called uh, non-returner. So before that, you have to take it easy. <laughs> take it easy, not just say, okay, anger, come here, you know, wait until you attain a third level of enlightenment. No, it means you have to apply the techniques that we are going to go through together here so that at least you can skillfully learn how to channel this negative energy, this unskillful state of mind into uh, like fertile souls for a rising of wisdom and understanding. We can't do that. And most of the techniques I'm going to go through is about really recycling that energy so that you can use it. It can energize you instead of really um, deflating you and then you feel less energy. And that's what anger actually does. When you really have anger, really energy goes down like this more than I think any other emotion. So now uh, we know that uh, freedom from anger is attained uh, at the third level of enlightenment. Before that, still we can actually enjoy the bliss of lack of anger. Like whenever we practice loving kindness, even on a temporary basis, we can actually feel that freedom, the freedom of, of uh, having no anger. We can feel loving kindness our heart and mind will be wide. We can embrace all difficult situations. Yes. So we cannot change the situation outside us and in the world. We cannot change the situation. At least we can respond to those situations in a very skillful way. Right? So that's very, very important. Now we go to the first stage, the solutions. What are the solutions uh, overcome, of overcoming anger? In my advertisement for this talk, uh, I, uh, I mentioned about mindfulness and uh, metta, loving kindness, as a way how, uh, how to deal with anger and uh, other emo emotions related to anger. So uh, mindfulness, of course, uh, you know sati in Pali, it means to recollect, but Buddha raised it to a higher philosophical level to mean to be aware of the present moment. So, um, but I like more of uh, the word observing power. Mindfulness is observing power. The power to observe what's going on. And of course, uh, the image of a mirror is very important here. That's how the, the, the mirror works. When you look at a mirror, it doesn't say, oh, today you are beautiful, today, today you are ugly. No, it just, it just shows up, shows what's there, you know. So, so mindfulness, helps us to see what's there in our mind. Uh, so it's very, very important. So I'm going to use those two tools to really uh, uh, find the solutions of, of overcoming anger. So the first that is very helpful is more of prevention. And you've heard about prevention is better than a cure. Prevention is better than a cure. So, um, we can use that technique 
of mindfulness at the sixth sense door. At sixth sense door, that means all the senses. In Buddhism, we have six senses, thinking included. So whenever you see something, just become aware of seeing. Try to just tune in into the awareness of just seeing. Don't just do, oh, seeing, I don't like it. Seeing, I like it. <laughs> no, they are just preparing to be angry, especially if you don't like it. <laughs> so then when you're testing food, you eat like this, you just become aware of testing, testing, testing. No, don't do like this. Testing, I don't like it. <laughs> testing is horrible. Most of you, maybe you have traveled from America and you, you go to countries where food is not the same as in America. Have you traveled? Who has traveled to Africa? Raise your hand. Oh, yeah. Uganda? You have been to Uganda? No one? Uganda? Oh, great. So you go to Uganda and you eat bananas, which is our staple food, and they say, when am I going to leave Uganda and go and, go and eat my food in America? You know, so... This is uh, happen this happens actually. Me also have traveled to countries where I say, Wow, how am I going to survive? You know? So I travel to Tibet and I don't eat meat, I'm telling you. <laughs> it's like it's like a dry land there. So all people almost all people eat meat, like it's called yak. Then <laughs> <laughs> It's yucky, maybe. <laughs> so now, when I travel there, I have allergies actually to meat. So one time I asked the food, please give me vegetarian food. I was traveling with many people, American people. I'm telling you they served them all the meat, and me, they just kind of smuggled a piece of meat and put it in my, 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 my food. Uh, my food. And then I called the cook, please come here. I said, I'm, I'm vegetarian. I'm, I mean, I don't eat meat. He said, no, it's not meat. It's yak. <laughs> I said, I'm telling you, I think I was, I was like getting all, that's before I became a monk. I was really, really getting annoyed, actually. I said, please, get it, take it away. And then he took it away. And then I saw him preparing me another vegetarian meal using the same place he used to chop the yak. And then when he brought it, it was full of particles of yak. As I just gave up. I just took tea. <laughs> and then other trips, actually, I had to take noodles. Throughout the five days trip, I took noodles because I have strong allergies. So I've got all this uh, situation in life anyway. So anyway, so now let us go to uh, really techniques actually that are very, very important to deal with the anger. The Buddha gave a few techniques. I hope time allows, uh, can allow us. So uh, I've told you about seeing, testing. Uh, when you're testing something, testing if you don't have allergies like me. Like for me, that doesn't work. If I'm eating red meat, I cannot say testing, testing, testing. No, no. Because for me, even thinking about eating red meat because of my strong allergies really, really makes me really re reactive and all this. So anyway, whenever you eat food, maybe you don't like it, just, just remember to just be mindful of testing, testing, testing. If you're hearing, also the same thing, hearing, 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 the same with smearing. 
and, and like this. So it's very, very helpful. I've, I've traveled with a friend of mine in South America, and then he had something smelling, and he was so reactive, very aversive. Me, I was just uh, noting mentally, smelling, smelling. He told me, why don't you get really angry about this test? I said, no, I mean that smell. I said, no, for me, I'm just noting it. Smelling, smelling, smelling. That's all what's going on. The rest is more of reaction, actually. I'm not saying that things don't smell. <laughs> I'm just telling you how to turn, eh, recycle these kind of possibilities of getting anger. Okay, that's the first technique. is called restraining. Restraining, uh, that you, you restrain your senses. That really prevents, in the first place, uh, anger from arising. But if it does arise, as most of the time it's going to arise, then you have to use another technique of recognition. Recognize the, that anger has arisen in your mind. My friend, I've seen it again and again. This is usually what we, that's not what we do usually. When anger arises, we don't come here in our mind. We always go outside. We go, in other words, to the object of anger, and we don't go to the, where the, mind, uh, the anger is coming from our mind. To help you understand this, I would like you to imagine you have uh, a car, you have passports and money there, every valuable, it's in your car. And then as you come out of a restaurant, you want to go to your car, you find out that somebody is, has set fire on your car. I'm just giving an imagination picture to get what I mean, actually. Otherwise, this sounds abstract. Me, I'm a person who gives examples so that at least it sticks in your head. Now, you come out, somebody, you see somebody right there just set fire on your car, and then start running. Now, you, as a meditator, tell me what's the best thing to do. Somebody's running, and, and then now, you look in the car, the passport is still safe, and then all the money, credit cards are there, still safe, no fire yet, but it's, the fire just started with the tires and burning and all that. So tell me the best solution, to run after the person who has set fire on your car, or actually to try to get sand and throw it on the car and stop the fire, get out your documents, and after that you say, wow, yes, now I have my U.S. passport, I have money, I can eat and all that. So that's a question for you. What would you rather do? Me, the way I give talk is very interactive. Don't just listen. Just tell me what you would do. Just raise your hand. What would you do? Just popcorn style. Anybody can say Great, that's great. Another, <laughs> another person. Grab the document. Grab the document. You are good because if you tell me that you're going to run after the agonist, the person who has set fire on your car, I'm telling you, you are two two possibilities. Will you catch that person? But still, your document is burnt already. If you manage to catch that person, by the time you go back, because you have to run with that person, <laughs> by the time you go back, the, all the documents are burnt. 
But if you don't catch that person, what a frustration. First, you didn't catch that person, and then you go back, your document is gone. Then, so then you have two problems. <laughs> so either you catch that person or you don't catch that person. Either way, it, you've lost. So now I would like you to use that template next time when anger rises. Whether you are going to catch the object of anger, whether you're children, teenager, your wife, or partner, or government, or anything, the, the trigger of your anger, or are you going to deal with your anger in your mind with mindfulness? That's your choice. And I'm telling you from my experience, all the time, I deal with the object of anger. Anger increases. It just keeps on multiplying. If it's a person, whenever I think about that person, I get angry. Whenever I touch that person, I get angry. Whenever I smell, yeah, especially when they use the, like perfume. Yeah. Whenever even I just see, oh, there comes. I say, wow, let me take another route. You see how we can multiply six times our anger by focusing on the object of anger? But if we actually focus on anger as a mental state in our mind, actually it's workable. And then it can actually decrease slowly by slowly. But again, Buddhism is not passive, right? It's not uh, passive, it's proactive. Of course, once you get your document, then you can maybe try to look for somebody <laughs> who, who burnt your car, you know? So you can, if you impossible. So you can see how Buddhism set up uh, for us the priority. The, prior, the priority is to deal with the anger in the mind. And we have all the techniques as we are going to see. So this is very, very important. This actually, this alone, this approach alone, it's a kind of a paradigm shift. Really, it can make a difference between freedom, if we're dealing with the mind state, and also being in bondage and suffer a lot when we focus always to the triggers. Because there's no end to the triggers. There's no end to it. But it doesn't mean that Buddhism says you don't make a, uh, justice, you don't, you don't sue people who do these things. There's uh, laws there in place to, to really be active and really try to uh, bring uh, things to uh, proper function, whether it's government or your family and all these things. So there's room for that. So now the second technique which is going to help now is more of your attitude when anger rises. When anger is present, what's your attitude? Are you trying to push it away whenever anger rises? Oh yeah. I'm a good yogi. I'm a good meditator. I don't want to be angry. So we try to push it away. We try to suppress it. We try to repress it. Is that your attitude? Then another attitude is more of trying to indulge in it. And that's a very common survival technique. Trying to justify your anger. I have a right to be anger, angry. That's called justification. And that's called of indulgence. The first survival technique of pushing away is about anger. You push away things you don't want because of anger. The survival technique of indulgence in anger, indulging in anger, is actually more attachment, greed, 
you desire, desire to be angry, you justify, it's my anger, so I'm right to be angry. So this kind of justification always help you to uh, even fuel anger, more anger, so there's no freedom from that. There's another also reaction which is more of uh, ignoring it. Is you ignore it, that's ignorance of course, if you ignore anger, uh, it's part of what we call um, ignorance. So you say, you know, ah, I'm not going to see this anger. I'm just going to ignore it, you know. Yeah, so you just actually uh, push it under the rug, you know. Yeah, you, I'm a spiritual person, you know. I should not feel angry, you know. This kind of thing, you know, persona. So really, actually, the best way to, uh, to approach anger is actually to try to understand it. I try to understand it. So when we try to understand anger, which we usually we usually don't do, actually it becomes workable, and uh, we try to respond to anger instead of reacting to anger. So in Buddhism, what we are doing, we are not reacting, we are not re repressing it. Uh, we are trying to not repress, not to express it, not to re uh, to to suppress it, but trying to dissolve it. That's what we are doing in Buddhism. Most people say, "People, oh, you are Buddhists. You are telling us uh, not to uh, to go to the object of anger. What should we do? What we should do is try to dissolve anger using mindfulness and wisdom. That's what it does. In fact, the, in one of the uh, the, the books is called the uh, King Mirinda. Uh, that one and uh, there's a that book. Well, in uh, that book said that wisdom has a function of cutting. It cuts. It will cut off the, uh, the anger if you use it. So the wisdom, uh, we are going to see very soon. So we dissolve anger and then we uh, using wisdom and uh, mindfulness and understanding all this kind of thing. So now the next step is very, very important. The next step to deal with anger is actually to try to investigate. Try to investigate when anger rises. How does anger or an emotion actually feel in the body? When you have anger in the body, how do you feel in the body? Tight. Tightness, tension, isn't it? So really, actually, all these emotions leave uh, some kind of trace in the body. So in other words, the body is biofeedback. So I always remind people that the real issues are the tissues, right? <laughs> So whenever anger rises, try to check in the body. Either when you have anger, sometimes there's a racing of the heart. Sometimes there's a really sweating. Sometimes there's a, all those signs. Once we start to be mindful of those signs, next time anger rises, we can say, oh, now there's signs. So it, you won't have what you call emotion hijack, right? Because you can see the signs. And you won't be fooled by anger. One time, somebody asked the, His Holiness the Dalai Lama, that, do you ever get angry? Then he said, yes. They were so surprised because those who have seen the Dalai Lama is such a wonderful person, wonderful monk, you know. He said, yes. But he gave a, a kind of footnote, but anger doesn't fool me. For me, that was amazing. How many times we are fooled by strong emotions like anger? So if you actually really trying to access the body, really you know the signs when anger starts to arise. 
Also, you have to investigate how it feels in the mind. When anger rises, do you feel peaceful? You investigate how you feel. So next time when anger rises, you, want, you ask yourself, do, do I really want to be really uh, uh, unpeaceful? Do I want really to go through all that suffering? Because we know how many times we've been angry. We know for ourselves and how we felt. We can remember. And ne next time when it comes, you just really make a choice. No, I don't want to really go through that again. So then we can apply the techniques, the things we have techniques as we're going through. All those one techniques I'm offering, they require mindfulness. So you become mindfulness of what's, uh, the effects of anger to the body, then to the mind. That one, you don't have to go to college to find out the effects of anger, <laughs> how it affects your body and mind. You can see for yourself from time to time, and then you can know the signs when it arises. So in, in, investigation also means uh, investi investigating in terms of the universal characteristics of, uh, of anything, anything conditioned. Anger is conditioned, so uh, it's, uh, it has a nature of rising, and also it has a nature of passing away. So we start investigating. As we investigate when anger rises, it loses its energy. Because now we are with the process. We are the, with the, we, are the, we, are, we are with the process of this mental state called anger or any other emotion. We are not with the content. Most of the time when we actually feel anger or difficult emotion, we go into the content. We go into the story. And then we get swamped into the story. Especially when we have this why me, why all these things. So then we are getting into the story, and then we get caught up. But once you see rising and passing out of that experience, then you are with the process, and it losing, it's losing the momentum. Another investigation, which is part of insight knowledge. Really, we are getting into wisdom. Wisdom means, uh, panya means, uh, pa means in details, and... Uh, Nya means to see, uh, to know. So we are now knowing in details what you call wisdom. We are getting wiser. When anger rises, we are actually getting wiser. Even when it's a difficult emotion like that, before we are trying to throw it away to others. But now we are in a different paradigm. We are trying to investigate. We are getting wisdom. And wisdom is what's going to cut it. So we still continue to investigate how unsatisfactory the experience is, and how impersonal the experience is. The impersonal nature of anger, it's impersonal. Though we try to personalize it all the time, eh, it's my anger, <laughs> then actually we get more angry. I read a book by uh, Fred, uh, Fred Luxin. Who has read that book, Forgiveness for Good? It's a program in Stanford University uh, actually, one person has read that book. Uh, in that book, uh, it talks about how really, actually, we cannot forgive others. And I really like this, actually. I would like to share that, this with you. According to that book, uh, Fred said that why we can't forgive, that means we get angry and more angry, we don't forgive others, is that we take things too personally. Every time we take things too personally, if you're taking things too personally, there's no end to getting angry. Because anytime somebody says something, 
you take it too personally. Even in personal things, <laughs> we take things too personally. Of course, we can take things personally, but things taking things too personally, that uh, is a vicious circle of anger. Then when we take things too personally, then we blame others how we feel. Let's say when you, somebody does something and then you really feel angry or something like that, then you start blaming others how you feel. Oh, now I have a headache because of you. You know, today, the whole day, I have a headache because you parked in my spot. I've seen people saying like that. <laughs> that <laughs> so we blame our feelings to others. And then, if we blame others, do you think we are going to get time to work on our stuff? No. Because we, we, every time we are blaming others. It's called blame games. Now, the third cycle is called grievance story. We, every time we tell a story about how we got angry, we play victim. There's a victor and we're victims. And once we're victims, every time we tell a story when we are victims, then we take things too personally. Then we take things too personally, then we, we play blame games. So there's no end to that. To sidestep that circle, start taking things less personal. Even when they're personal, try to take them. <laughs> This is what I do to take things less personally. Actually, what I do, I'm go that's the next stage we go to. Next stage. Uh, next technique is called depersonalization. You depersonalize anger or in a mental state that is not mine. It's not mine. It's not myself. It's not I. So that helps for me because uh, I've seen people owning anger. It's my anger. Do you think you can own anger? It's like trying to own air. Like, you know, air, you see air blowing there. It's very cold air. And say, so, you know, this is my air. <laughs> Have you? <laughs> I mean, for me, at least in my experience, I've seen anger rising. And it's for me useless to own anger in my book because I've suffered a lot. <laughs> I, before, when I was young, I'm telling you, I was really problem with my siblings and I really got a potato here. Something grabbed my head like my neck like this. I don't know whether you call it a frog here. What do you call it? Yeah, in the throat. What do you call it in America? Frog or what? For, yeah, for me, we call it, I think, potato. <laughs> I mean, it was like grabbing my neck like this. Ever since then, I learned a big lesson about anger. I was very little, actually. That experience, every time when anger rises, it just reminds me that experience. Because I didn't know how to remove that uh, frog, actually. I had no techniques, you know. So we know it's, uh, of course, the effects of anger, but it's useless to own it. Because when we own it, we try to own it. You own something which you cannot own, it's more suffering. One day try to really own your, the air around, <laughs> you know. Anyway, so we personalize things, we try to own things that we shouldn't own in the first place, and then we get angry. I've seen, actually, the, I tell people, okay, please forgive. You know, they say, you know, I've been angry. Somebody told me, oh, I've been angry for five years. I say, you know, I know the practice that's going to help you. Tra practice forgiveness practice. He said, forgive? 
No, no, I cannot forgive. How can I forgive? It's my anger. <laughs> I say, okay, feel it that way. You know what will happen. <laughs> but what's very interesting, with, uh, when we touch hot things, like su suppose this is a, a hot object, what happens when we touch a hot object like this? We, do we drop it? Is it no? I've never sit, seen, in, since I was born, and I've never seen people who touch hot things and they keep on holding. Oh, look at this. It's very beautiful. Every time people they touch hot things, they drop it. But guess what? When people touch anger, literally, most people don't drop it. They hold it. They, they, they hug it. They even hug on, they're, they're hugging old memories. Anger's gone, the oppressor's gone, but memories about it, we're still hugging them. But here's the freedom. Can we be mindful of thinking? If we think of anger, huh, then we just become aware of thinking. It's just a thought. So this is very, very important. So now we are depersonalizing this uh, anger. We, we know that anger is not I, mine, myself. Uh, if you know the center called IMS, it will remind you, anger is not IMS. You know? That's the center where I'm teaching, actually. So remember that to depersonalize it so that you don't take it too personally next time. So that's uh, mindfulness techniques, more of that is actually non-clinging, not clinging on to it, letting go. The answer is letting go, letting go, and letting go. Try as much as possible to let go of the thought of anger, and then I think it's going to help you. So, in terms of metta loving kindness, metta is called uh, Meta in Pali, um, it's called it's meta, but in English it's called loving friendliness, loving kindness. So this quality of the heart and the mind, uh, you know already how to practice, of course, already. So you can use some of the techniques. Actually, really now you apply meta with mindfulness. When you apply this technique, mindfulness has to be there. Don't practice meta alone without mindfulness. So you practice metta with loving kindness and send loving kindness to all beings. You start with yourself and send loving kindness to all beings, including black bears, lions, elephants in Africa. And then you put the difficult person at the end. Because you have sent loving kindness to all bears, mountain lions, you just say, oh, to heck with you. It should be easy, actually. <laughs> so because most people have a difficulty sending meta to the difficult person, yeah, so just do that. I think that takes care of the problem. Because if you have meta to bears, black bears and lions and all these things, anacondas and everything, that you, scorpions and all that, and then the person who really made you angry, you say, okay, oh, after that, may you be well up and peaceful. That works for me. I don't know if it's going to work for you. It's called replacement method. You replace the opposites. That's, you find it in Vitaka Santana Sutta, uh, the Buddha's discourse uh, in Majimanikaya. So how to really repress, uh, I mean how to overcome uh, difficult emotions, right? Uh, anger, greed, and other emotions we can actually replace with its opposite. 
The rest, I'm going to list them. Um, another one is more of reflecting uh, the, the danger of anger, that it leads to suffering, that you can reflect along those lines. Another technique is actually to uh, redirect. Whenever anger rises, come back to the body. Feel the breath. Come back to the body, right? Just redirect your mind uh, to less provocative uh, objects. Anger. Then the fourth one is more retracing. You trace backwards. Why am I the person getting angry all the time? Then you find out, oh, you, are trying, you have maybe attachment to your ideas. You're trying to push away other people's uh, things. So you try to uh, really uh, uh, justify your position. So you have, in other words, attachment to your position, whether it's ideas or Then there's another technique, which is called make re resolution. So you make a resolve every day. I, I used to do that, actually. Every day I would wake up in Bavana Society, West Virginia, I'm happy to be alive. I'm awake. I'm not going to get angry. <laughs> of course, you get angry. But actually, you're going to remember that, yeah, that resolution. Because mindfulness is not brain surgery. It's not difficult. What's very difficult is to remember to be mindful. So every day, if actually you make that, this resolution, Every day, I'm not going to get angry. I'm going to be kind as much as I can. Eh? Now, when the provocative situation comes, I'm telling you, you're going to remember that. Oh, I said I'm, going, I'm not going to be angry. And then you practice the techniques. Yes. So now, uh, I'll stop here and then invite a question and uh, a, a session because I think this is enough for me talking. I would like you to hear, I would like to hear you talking. So lose resolution is very, very important because when you make a resolution, your mind is still fresh in the morning. Before you do anything, before you brush your teeth, just go into this resolution. I'm glad to be awake. I'm alive and I'm healthy. I'm going to use all my energy to attain enlightenment for the benefits of myself, of, of all beings, including myself. I'm not going to get angry at people who are talking things bad, talking bad things, who are treating me in a very bad way. I'm going to be kind as much as I can. You do that every day, like for two weeks, one year, I'm telling you, you are going to change your attitudes about being angry and all these things. So friends, this is what I can offer in a short time. I'd like to open it for Q&A, and then we'll see how it goes. That's what I used to be a, a little bit kinder, not get too much uptight and get angry and angry. So I use these techniques. They, they, they help me, actually. Thank you very much for listening, and uh, I hope this is very helpful. And if it's not helpful, give it back to me. <laughs> I'll take it to Uganda. <laughs> So I, this is just an offering. I offer this for your reflection, actually. Try to reflect on this. Please, may you be well up and peaceful. Okay? Okay, to end my talk officially, I'm just going to do a little bit of chanting uh, so that you may overcome this. So, Atupamaya sabesam satanam suko kamato pasitwa kamato metta Having seen that all beings like oneself have a desire for happiness, one methodically practice loving kindness for all beings. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening. 
To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.